Over the last 14 years, Penn State has seen a big drop in enrollment at its branch campuses. And the public will get to know some of the chemicals fracking companies use to drill for natural gas in Pennsylvania. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Monday, January 29th, and this is being recorded at 9.20 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. Overall enrollment at Penn State's Commonwealth campuses, including four in the Mid-State, dropped almost 30 percent since 2010. Ann Danahy with our friends at WPSU and State College Reports, university leaders say they're taking a broad look at how to operate those campuses in the future. Margot Deli Carpini, vice president for the Commonwealth campuses, said enrollment growth will be critical. Because at some of our campuses, where our populations continue to dwindle. The university recently unveiled sweeping plans for reviewing all of its programs and campuses. The plans could include working more closely with local communities and school districts and matching academic programs to community needs. We know how important our campuses are to the communities that they serve. Um, and, and we know how important it is to to bring the resources of Penn State to our communities. It comes as the university released a future budget with a 14% cut to funding for Commonwealth campuses. Julio Palma from Penn State Fayette questioned the university's assertion that having 18 months before the budget cuts come will help. If we are driving up a cliff with no brakes, it doesn't matter if we are a mile away or a hundred miles away. The changes at the campuses are part of a sweeping review the university is doing of all its colleges, campuses, and programs. Now, Penn State's Commonwealth campuses in central Pennsylvania are located in Harrisburg, York, Monalto, and Reading. Governor Josh Shapiro says fracking companies will have to publicly report what chemicals they use for drilling in the Commonwealth. My colleague Rachel McDevitt reports this follows through on a recommendation from a grand jury Shapiro oversaw when he was state attorney general. Wells are fracked with a combination of water, sand, and chemicals. Drillers are already required to report which chemicals they use in preparedness plans made for each site. They had to turn those plans into the Department of Environmental Protection only if requested. Now DEP will require the plans before drilling starts, and the documents will be posted online. But Pennsylvania law says drillers do not have to disclose chemical blends if they are considered proprietary or a trade secret. DEP did not answer when asked if drillers would need to disclose proprietary chemicals. Now, advocates who have called for more accountability for frackers say the new policy is sensible, but it does not help the communities already dealing with the negative effects of drilling. And the State Department of Conservation and Natural Resources has released a new report on Pennsylvania's outdoor recreation industry. Kat Bolas, with our partner WVIA in Scranton, caught up with Nathan Rigner about the findings. He's Pennsylvania's Director of Outdoor Recreation. Rigner says the 32-page report summarizes and develops conclusions from the growing outdoor recreation for Pennsylvania process. Over the past year, he and other state representatives met with more than 500 people from all backgrounds across PA. Our outdoor industry is large. It's not networked together. The report details how the newly created Office of Outdoor Recreation will bring together everyone involved in the outdoor economy. He gave an example in Blair County. Business leaders that specialize in traditional, old-school manufacturing were able to recruit new employees to South Central PA. Rigner says it was because of the outdoor recreation amenities available in that area. And that 
is the kind of impact that the office is helping to stimulate. Outdoor recreation contributed $17 billion to Pennsylvania's economy in 2022, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis. That's a $4 billion increase from the previous year. Maybe you're like me. When you get in the office on a Monday, you just kind of want to ease your way into the work week. Well, I tried to do that today when I went through about a dozen news sites across the region looking for a few stories to put on your radar, and I came up with a couple. Here's the first one. A Washington state man who made more than 20 swatting calls in Pennsylvania and several other states, as well as in Canada, has pleaded guilty to four crimes. The calls by 21-year-old Ashton Garcia prompted emergency responses to his fake reports of bombs, shootings, or other threats. Garcia has pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court in Tacoma, Washington, to two counts of extortion and two counts of threats and hoaxes regarding explosives. He placed the calls to agencies in Pennsylvania, 10 other states, and Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Federal prosecutors say Garcia used voiceover Internet technology to conceal his identity during the calls in 2022 and 2023. He also broadcast them on the social media platform Discord. And now a follow-up to a story we told you about last week. The operator of Brunner Island Electric Power Station in York County has been hit with a notice of violation. The York Dispatch reports the State Department of Environmental Protection issued the notice for two incidents, including one that led to a fish kill in the Susquehanna River. It orders Talon Energy to provide a written report describing the cause of noncompliance and a summary of the event near the East Manchester Township Power Station by February 7. The notice notes the fish kill, which occurred last Wednesday, was the result of temperature fluctuations of non-contact cooling water caused by the planned shutdown of power generation units. Channel catfish, small and largemouth bass, and suckers were seen dead in the Susquehanna River and along the shoreline. The other violation took place when there was a release of hydraulic oil into the river during maintenance. The power station near York Haven produces more than 1,400 megawatts of electric power. Here is your Monday reminder that The Morning Agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcast, on WITF's YouTube channel, and on the NPR One app. And be sure to check out our monthly Spotify playlist. This month's is called The Morning Agenda Song of the Day, January 2024. Not very creative, but it gets the point across. And there you will find my song of the day is AWOL Nation's first hit. It was a banger. It still is sale. And I'd be remiss without mentioning that the first two episodes of Masters of the Air were just fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It's a great start to the series. I'm really looking forward to the other seven episodes as they come out once a week. So uh, looking forward to that. Check it out if you haven't yet. If you have and you have some thoughts, let me know about them. I'm on Twitter. I'm at TLambert895 and you can find me under that same handle on Blue Sky. You can also email me, Tim underscore Lambert at WITF dot org. And that is going to do it for The Morning Agenda. It's a daily news podcast from WITF where the only agenda is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Be well. Enjoy the rest of this Monday. And we'll talk again tomorrow.